This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Welcome to 2015, everybody. This is Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. And I'm Steve. How's everybody doing in this new year? Good. So far, so good. Good, good. Have you turned your pockets inside out yet? That's the new style this year. What? And I'm not going to explain it. I want to see if anybody can uh, tweet us at TaylorTalk13 and let us know what I'm referring to. Like the 1990s? Nope. Turn your pockets inside out, 2015. We'll see if anybody knows. Tweet us at TaylorTalk13. Let us know. Anyway, so (laughs) last week I brought back the jokes. And it turns out it was big hit. More people than just those that requested it actually liked the jokes. So guess what? This no. whole episode's going to be jokes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good, but uh, no. I don't have a joke for this episode, but I do have a Dear Taylor letter that we got. You ready for it? Do it. All right. So anybody new out there that's listening, a Dear Taylor is where we get a ton of email. Like... Taylor, OMG, I'm your biggest fan ever, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, really, if you're, you're you know, her biggest fan, you probably know the difference between Taylor Swift and Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, which is us. Anyway, occasionally they're funny. This one was on Facebook, and I do keep the name of the sender anonymous for to protect them from their own embarrassment, really. They said, Taylor, can you send me your number? I'm not a stalker. Love you. I promise I won't give it to anyone. Promise. Then, Do I think that's going to work? Well, this, this is why it's funny. Because lots of people are like, Taylor, I want your phone number. But then afterwards, this one's like, hello? And then like a day or so later, wait, this is not Taylor Swift? <laughs> Duh. Um, have you written back to them or no? No. Okay. Or maybe. Well, maybe you I should. I don't remember. Re- re- you should respond back and give them Taylor's number. It's 13. <laughs> Clever. Very clever, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, a lot of you out there are new listeners, and something I always forget to remind you is uh, if you've been enjoying these uh, recent episodes of Taylor Talk, you can get all the new ones by going on iTunes and hitting that subscribe button. That way, each week when we release a new episode, it'll download it automatically for you, and therefore you don't have to remember to manually check. You can always do that at taylortalk.org slash iTunes. On with the episode, shall we? Um, If you guys notice, Sammy's not here this week, so I'm going to be doing the news. I hope I can live up to Sammy's standards on this. I'll do my best. Try it. Thank you. Thank you. So, Taylor Swift performed in Times Square on Rockin' New Year's Eve. She performed Welcome to New York, Shake It Off, and she even fell down the stairs. (laughs) That actually did happen. She didn't get hurt or anything, but Taylor did have a little... Slip and slide accident on the staircase. Did you guys know that? Yeah, so that was when she was leaving the stage or something, right, though? Like, yeah. Like, it wasn't a part of the televised bit. Yeah. Which is probably good. It's a good way to end the year. She was also wearing a very, um, what seemed to me like it would be a very cold outfit for a New York winter night. But fortunately, Ryan Seacrest was a gentleman and gave her a nice jacket to wear. Yeah. Thank oh. you, Ryan, for keeping Taylor safe. <laughs> All right. When it came to top-selling album of 2014, Frozen had to let it go because 1989 snatched it up at the last second. 1989 finished off the year with 3.66 million copies sold. This is the second time Taylor has earned the top-selling album of the year. She also did it back in 2009 when Fearless sold 3.22 million that year. And for anyone that's curious about 2012 when Red came out, it was actually Adele's 21 that won that year. Oh, but Taylor probably got, like, top three at least. I didn't get that far. I just looked up. I was like, wait a second. What was the top selling album? I wonder what it was when Speak Now was. I didn't look that up either. I don't know. My bad. Shame on me. We're well, going to have to you do would th- some You would almost think that maybe when she was out there uh, in Times Square performing, people were like, wow, you are you frozen? And she's like, no, I'm Taylor Swift. I had the best <laughs> album, not the second best. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Well, that, that was left up to Idina Menzel, whose performance was less than stellar. It's because it was cold. I'm, not, not I'm sure it was because it's cold. She obviously has an amazing voice, and Let It Go is a great song. But 1989 beat Frozen, so booyah. 
Finally, to celebrate the end of 2014, Taylor posted a video on her YouTube channel highlighting her Santa Swift gift giving for the holidays. You can watch the video in our episode guide. That will be at taylortalk.org slash episode 167. Good luck watching it without crying, though, because... Taylor basically compiled videos of people freaking out, opening the gifts, her wrapping the gifts before they got sent out, and a little bit of backstory. I think she gave some backstory on why she's doing it, right? I'm trying to remember what she talked about. I was too caught up in the moment. <laughs> caught up with the uh, cats sitting on all the gifts there and crinkling the wrapping paper. That was good. <laughs> so that's that for the news this week. Diane, what is coming up on Taylor's calendar? Well, uh, not much. On January 7th is the People's Choice Awards. Taylor is nominated for Favorite Female Artist, Favorite Pop Artist, and Favorite Song for Shake It Off. And then on February 8th is the 57th Annual Grammy Awards. Taylor is nominated for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Pop Performance, all for Shake It Off. And then on February 25th, Taylor Swift will perform at the Brit Awards 2015 and then after that, we have no idea until the uh, tour starts. So that's it. Awesome. Well, technically, Rock in Rio's before the tour starts. That's, that's in May. True. That's true. But that's like the month of the tour, though. Yeah. Well, then. So <laughs> thank you for the calendar, Diane. Now, we're going to be talking this episode about a song that didn't make it on the main album, but is still a fan favorite, and that is Wonderland. So... Anyone want to give a brief overview of what they think the song is about? I mean, from what I can see in the song, it's about getting into a um, relationship with a person that may not necessarily be good for you, but you think it's um, a cool thing, and then you um, you um, slowly realize that it's actually something that could make you kind of crazy. Like, it's not as good as it seems. Well, I think it's the high at the beginning of the relationship when everything seems so magical. I kind of see some of that in there. Of course, it references Alice in Wonderland. I think that's where Wonderland came from and definitely that rabbit hole reference. And the reason I say that is because I, I feel like when Taylor first or Taylor, when Alice first fell down the rabbit hole, everything seemed like, whoa, new and exciting. Right. To quote the song, mm -hmm. it all seemed new and exciting. And then ended up not all being what it seemed. I don't have the original Alice in Wonderland to reference, honestly. I only have that one, the Johnny Depp version. Ooh. <laughs> I like that one. Okay. That's, that's but not that's quite, the one I'm familiar with. Not quite is like is, the is true it wrong story? of me to think of this song as another version of Blank Space? Because um, that's how I feel about it. How do you see that, Steve? Can you I think explain? I think Blank Space is more fictional, in my opinion. But it, it is more fictional. This one's kind of the more real version of it. Mm -hmm. But it's the same sort of like listening to the music and the lyrics and everything. It starts out like everything is good, and then after the first verse, all of a sudden, it, things are falling apart and such, and things are not what they seem like they should be. Like even just how the song builds up, it's the same sort of feeling to me when I when I get that. I mean, I think you're on par with the storyline, but I, I don't see how that is necessarily Blank Space because I don't know if Blank Space ever has a point with a lead up like that where it's like, oh, this relationship's going great. I think from the beginning, her character in Blank Space is very manipulative. and Yeah, but she's not – her character isn't crazy at the beginning of it. If you – even watching the music video, if you watch Blank Space – it's all kind of normal, and then all of a sudden it turns on the crazy, if you will. You know, yeah, and that's like stabbing the cake and all that. Like, it just totally, she's throwing the pot at him and everything. Uh -huh. And But but the earlier part, it's kind of sweet. He arrives, and, you know, they go up the stairs, and it's all, everything is good about the relationship. And even the lyrics are kind of similar between the two songs with that. Do I you mean, know what, Steve? If you're yes. tying in the music video, I do see that now, because it's sort of like the beginning is... Like a facade, or is it facade. a facade or facade? I, I mean, I think you can say it um, either way. I'm looking up the definition now. <laughs> I think it's a facade because there's, um, it's a French word. There's like a little the little hangy thing, yeah, on the little the hangy C. thing on the sea. <laughs> I think it's called like a. Sadique. But that's a different spelling. The American spelling here is sure. different than that. It doesn't have the little squiggly below the C. You can yeah, well, you can true. say it however you want, Adam. 
Just as long as people know what you mean. Well, okay, how about this? It's a fake face at the beginning of the Blank Space music video. It, it's okay. meant to look like everything's going good, but internally it's not. Mm-hmm. But so even I, the lyrics, though, if you compare the lyrics, that's probably what we need to do is almost look and up. see yeah. kind of the differences between them. But, you know, I, I do understand that this is probably more based in reality, even though it's it kind of an Alice in Wonderland element, fantasy yeah. sort of thing. But I, I don't think it's based on maybe a fictionalized relationship as, you know, blank space. That was, you know, what the news media was trying to portray Taylor. As. Well, this one seems more realistic to me. And, um, you know, one of the reasons I don't think this necessarily made the main album is because it could have some close correlations to some of the other songs. And specifically what came to mind to me, at least, was Out of the Woods, actually. Um, not necessarily in sim- exact same theme, but you know how Out of the Woods was about you got this couple that are in a relationship and they're basically being surrounded by trees, quote unquote, which I guess are paparazzi and fans and just people trying to get up in their business. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of that in the in this song as well. I see it in the second verse. What does she say at the end of the second verse? Um, something about and strangers watching um whispers turn to talking 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 turn to screams like that has that thing where they have people that are kind of in the way of their relationship but i don't know if in this song if that's necessarily the problem as to what made the relationship not work no i think what got what what made the relationship not work in this song is that they got lost in a fake wonderland a a fantasy land a Mm -hmm. happy place and it wasn't real, and it never was real. Yeah, but I don't know. See, we're okay. Like, um, you and Steve think think that this song starts out as good. I don't see that at all. I think it starts out bad from the beginning. Because no, I think it foreshadows something bad, but it starts as something good. They start in a good place, but it says because nothing's as it seems. It's foreshadowing later in the song that something's going to come out. You know what's kind of funny about this song is I think that if it weren't such a famous Taylor Swift song, you could put it in a book of poetry and teach it in school, and people wouldn't even think it was a Taylor Swift song if they didn't know about Wonderland. They would think it's like a poem based on Alice in Wonderland. (laughs) Could be. It's funny it didn't make it like on the, you know, the soundtrack of something. You know, that, that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, do you guys have any differing opinions on why it wasn't on the main album? Other than I, I just, I just feel that it, that it's too similar. I mean, another line that's good from Out of the Woods is the "We were built to fall apart," mm-hmm. and and there's the same sort of theme going on in this where it just it didn't things were not meant to work out. Yeah. So. So you see similarities to Out of the Woods also. Out of the Woods, Blank Space, I feel that probably of any of the songs, it would be those two that have very similar themes at different parts that make it kind of, you know, a little repetitive with the the album where you'd have to choose and say, okay, well, I, I really like this song, but uh, okay, let's make that a bonus track then because it's, it's too similar to a couple other ones that I really, really want to have on there, especially Blank Space. I'm sure when she saw that one, she was like, eh, sorry, Wonderland. You know yeah. what, though? In the sound of the song, she was talking about how Out of the Woods is supposed to portray a very frantic feeling, hence the repetitive, the are we out of the woods yet, are we out, that whole repetition. Mm-hmm. Yes. This song actually feels very frantic to me also in certain parts. Yeah, well, there's a lot of repetition with this, too. Yeah. Because there's the, the, was it the Wonderland, eh, you know, like a eh, eh, eh kind of mm-hmm. repetitiveness of it. But that's not what um, feels frantic to me. It's just the sound, and there's different parts of it, actually, besides the repetitive part. And I'm trying to think of an example of what part of the song where I'm feeling that. Um, 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 uh... I would say in the pre-chorus, I, I mean, um, I don't want to sing it, but... Oh, please do. <laughs> no. You know what it's about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't it all seem new and exciting? Yeah, I felt yeah. your arms twisting around me. Yeah, like that really like short, that like, really boom, 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 boom. Sharp staccato. pentameter or something? I don't know if it's iambic pentameter, but it's kind of, like, really short, like, Steve, a you're a science staccato. guy. What do you think pentameter means based on the uh, root words? 
Isn't that based it means on a five meters? Yeah. Five. So I, I don't know how that works because I'm not a poetry expert by any means, but I mean, I wouldn't necessarily I think, assign it a on. specific rhythm I without think, asking um, an expert. Dynamic pentameter is like, and I don't think that's what this song does. But but I, another thing that's interesting about the, the pre-chorus and kind of how it changes tune from the very beginning of the first verse, you know, because the first verse is just them kind of like falling down into this, you know, wonderland of sorts through the rabbit hole mm-hmm. but the pre-chorus if you notice almost every single line in the pre-chorus is a question and i kind of thought that was interesting especially you know how adam was saying that she kind of enunciates the words and such through it but you know every one of those it's like you know didn't they tell us not to rush into things and didn't you know, they tell us don't rush into things it goes up and down too didn't yeah. they tell us don't rush into things that's really interesting but mm-hmm. i mean while we're in the lyrics should we just go through the verses yeah, you guys want to just go through sure um cuz i feel like we're jumping through the song back and forth back and forth it might be a little easier to go we through are in jumping order through the song <laughs> <laughs> so like you mentioned steve the first verse is where she falls down the rabbit hole so in my opinion this whole verse there is pretty much just setting the scene and like we were talking about earlier you've got nothing's as it seems spinning out of control is foreshadowing for the rest of the song so i i mean how do you guys feel about the first verse what Does are it the do a flashing good job setting lights like is she talking about paparazzi cameras is she talking about some sort of like dream sequence I think the literal explanation would be paparazzi, the flashing lights and everything like that. And I mean, you've seen how it is on red carpets for events and things like that, too, when it's not paparazzi, but just photographers in general. You have those flashes going off in their faces. Um, But I think in the theme of this story, it's probably like while they're falling down the rabbit hole, it's just I mean, isn't like isn't it where they show all those floating funny objects like floating clocks and stuff like that in Alice in Wonderland? So, Right. But, you know, what about the whole um and we took a wrong t- turn. I'm wondering if that part of it could be where the relationship went wrong. You know, like think about the, all the paparazzi and everyone following in on the relationship, and then they did something that was like, oh, oh boy, you know, now now it's not like we're in good shape here. I don't know if it even from the very beginning it's already going astray or if later on it does. So you're trying to figure out what the wrong turn is. That's an interesting point, Steve, because I think there's two ways that um, you can see the song, like as the wrong turn being them starting their relationship or the wrong turn as something that um, ultimately um, ruined the relationship. Right. 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 Yeah. You know, because then that has to deal with the next line there about falling down the rabbit hole. What does that really mean? You know, is that them losing control of their whole relationship there? I think that's exactly what it is, Steve. I I think that's one of those um, just situations where with the snowball effect, it's like one wrong, uh, wrong, I can't One wrong turn and everything. One wrong turn and then everything just falls apart, Mm -hmm. which is also another out of the woods sort of thing, Mm -hmm. isn't it? You know, even the, the part there about, you held on tight to me it's one of those ones of you know once things are awry sometimes you'll have someone in a relationship that actually kind of clings tighter yeah you know as things are starting to fall apart they want to grab on more and more and they try and save it yeah they should hold on loosely (laughs) maybe that's maybe that's the wrong turn steve well that could be that's that's possible sometimes that is a problem and then, of course, nothing's as it seems is pretty self-explanatory. I mean, mm-hmm. it's basically yeah. saying even though it looks good, it's not. Mm-hmm. Then spinning out of control is exactly what we were just talking about. Same thing kind of fell down the rabbit hole, spinning out of control. It's just sort of losing it. Right. Yeah. Losing it. So that's the first verse. Pre-chorus, which you guys mentioned is, didn't they tell us don't rush into things? Didn't you flash your green eyes at me? When I first heard this song, I, th- I I didn't think she said green. I thought she said, didn't you flash your something eyes at me? I don't know. It didn't... Mean eyes? Mean Yeah, mean eyes at me. Diane, why you got to be so mean? I don't know. Like, it, it did sound like green to me, but whatever. <laughs> it is. It is. I know. But does it seem like she's kind of like reprimanding the person just based on the, the tone of the up and the down kind of thing or would? Didn't you flash your? Yeah, it 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 almost. I don't know if snarky like is the right word, but yeah, scolding, 
kind of like she's suddenly like mad like she just kind of flips and she's like how dare you you know like is is that the version of yelling is that what this whole verse is her yelling at the person but obviously you can't do that in a song and make it sound good unless you're doing heavy metal or something but did they tell us to rush into right. things kind of <laughs> it is kind of scolding steve but i also see it as like because of the beat we were talking about it gives a frantic feeling so it also seems as if it's like desperately trying to find an explanation like wait why isn't this working this was supposed to work mm-hmm. like oh my gosh it's falling out of control like this is supposed to work like we need it to work well it seems like she's mad about how it worked out but i don't know if she's necessarily like mad at herself or like mad at a person or mad at like them who said you know something well the green eyes line has to be mad at another person didn't you flash your green eyes at me Mm -hmm. it's possible that each line is like she could be mad at herself in the first line and then mad at this guy in the second line you know like she's changing who she's mad at or is she, like, mm, chasing no, him? She could be. Well, because think about it in the Alice in Wonderland term. She goes down, and she keeps, like, trying to follow the white rabbit. You know, and th- that could be that up and down, like, as she's, you know, almost, like, running. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. I, I could see that. Well, I think this whole verse is, is set up to be a Frantic. rushed feeling. Mm-hmm. Right, right rushed feeling trying to find an explanation trying to save something it's like a feeling of desperation right in Absolutely. this so i mean the next line of course we've got didn't it all seem new and exciting i felt your arms twisting around me so that's a cool line well why do you think so before i say anything it's weird because when you have a person that you love and, um and you say like oh their um arms were um uh, were um around me it's supposed to be something good right but she uses the word twisting to describe it which is as opposed to wrapping around yeah me. as yeah. opposed to wrapping because twisting is a lot less romantic and it sounds implies choking and, yeah choking or suffocating hurting or something like that so it almost makes you wonder like is this guy that she's with does she see him as like a villain in this song or like what's going on with this person is he the jabberwocky yeah <laughs> Well, well, Diane, I think that even can lean back to that earlier line there. You know, you held on tight to me where it's someone that, you know, they're they're twisting, hanging on. And, you know, because even earlier on, it's not like as they're falling down the rabbit hole, they, you know, clutched each other tightly. It specifically says that the person is, you know, grabbing on to her. Mm hmm. So I think that kind of goes hand in hand with that. I think it's almost someone that was gripping into this relationship too much and trying to hang on to something that wasn't there. So maybe like they pulled her down the rabbit hole? No. Maybe. (laughs) Forced down the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. So next line, I should have slept with one eye open at night. I think that's an interesting line. Definitely. It's, you know, on the surface, it seems like talking about literally sleeping, but I don't think she meant it in the sense of, of sleeping with this person. No. Mm-mm. I think um, it's more like she should have paid attention more. Like, it's about you, how it, she felt like she couldn't let herself, like, she always had to be on, kind of. Like, she always had to know what was um, around her, what was going on with this person. Like, she wasn't. Uh, well that's it no that's exactly it, it. it's yeah. using that phrase as an expression not as a literal sentence and it you know sleeping with one eye open is to mean keep an eye out and be aware of what is going on around you and she's regretting not having seen the signs not having seen that it was spinning out of control right. and they were falling down the rabbit hole <laughs> and all those other lines from earlier in the song this particular line reminds me of metallica's enter sandman You'll have to explain because I am okay. not familiar with Metallica in the slightest. <laughs> well, and I don't one think of I'm the only one. Is uh, sleep with one eye open, gripping your pillow tight. That's the line. Hmm. So, so it, it just is, reminded you of that for that reason. Right, no because no other reason. Whole, yeah, the, well, the whole thing about sleeping with one eye open, it's the same similar sort of theme. I mean, that's a very, you know, it's kind of a, a nightmarish sort of song of sorts. 
And th- this kind of reminds me of that same sort of nightmarish thing where, you know, sleeping with one eye open, you know, that's a vulnerable time when you're at rest there and, you know, you should be having good, happy dreams instead of nightmares and, you know, just a bad situation that this relationship seems to be. So then, Steve, do you think Wonderland implies a nightmare, even though it has a nice sound to it? Like, oh, Wonderland. Ha <laughs> I'm kind of back and forth on that, especially with the pre-chorus, just based on how the the sound is of everything. It's not a very happy song. Mm. I, I can't find too many things in here where it was like a really good thing. I, I mean, if anything, it seems more like a delusional, you know, they thought that it was something that it wasn't. You know, that's kind of the idea of Wonderland. It's It's just magical and not reality. Well, that's exactly it. And jumping into the chorus, which I absolutely love. She says, we found Wonderland. You and I got lost in it. And in that sense, I, I kind of, I guess I asked you the question too soon. I think Wonderland is dreamland for them. That's where things are good. And that's what's fake. Interesting. So where you're saying you don't find many happy things, Steve, I think saying we found Wonderland is happy. You and I got lost in it. Happy. Uh, we pretended it could last forever happy but it's like that's all fake and that's why the overall theme of the song is not happy yeah and it's kind of cool that she says we pretended it could last forever like it's it's um almost like she knew that it wouldn't but they wanted it to so they pretended like it was going to be okay even yeah, though they kind stuff... of knew in the back of their mind that it wasn't going to happen right but i mean that that happens in a lot of relationships where it's like, I don't think this is going to work out, but uh, let's try. You know, and it's yeah. kind of similar to Out of the Woods in that case. You know, Never know were, unless you try. Right. You know, they were destined to fail, and eventually they did. But pretend is a different meaning as, like, you want to, like, you want it to work out. They pretended. It's almost like they might not have even wanted to. Yeah, they were, isn't that what love normally is, though? You, you want to have to believe that everything's going to work out and be great but i don't know but pretend i feel like just has a different connotation but sometimes people do have the blinders up on that kind of stuff where there are you know friends are like hey you know this is they're crazy or whatever and it's like oh no they're great and it's you know you're pretending that things are okay when they're yeah and they're and they're they're not and maybe in your mind you're seeing them that they are okay but they're not i mean you're living in a dreamland a wonderland of sorts Hmm. <laughs> so, Steve, you don't think there's a difference between pretending and trying a day, and you think there is? Yeah, I think there's a difference. I'm on the fence on that. You both presented very compelling arguments. Oh, good. Mm. I'm. I'm I glad. can't be a tiebreaker on this. One. <laughs> we need Sammy. Yeah. She probably. But, but come I don't up mean in the literal thing. sense. <laughs> I kind of mean in the figurative sense of, you know, when you're in a relationship, certain things, you you just don't pay attention to some of the signs and the warning signals that are coming through there. You, your mind is creating a different reality than what is really there. I mean, there's a lot of things in life that we kind of romanticize about that, oh, this would be the coolest thing in the world. And then you go and do it, and they're like, eh, not so great. And in this case, it's Wonderland. Right. The Wonderland so. is kind of the perfect thing that you think it's going to be, but it's not. It's mm-hmm just weird and crazy well i do think at the very least this line verifies that wonderland is a happy place it's intended to be a happy place right it's intended to be a happy place but in all reality it's it's not or it is and it just is not something that's realistic and can last forever hey 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 life was never worse but never better Anybody? <laughs> it's a cool line. It is a very cool line. It's cool, and I can kind of see how that's true. Actually, I can definitely see how that's true. Because sometimes when you're um, in a um, relationship with someone, you want it to work out, but things are still bad, but you don't want to lose that person. So you, So, like, you know that things aren't good, but you still don't want to leave because you feel like this is the best that you're going to have. Is it, is it kind of like one of the grass is always greener on the other side thing where you're like, I actually kind of not like that. 
where you're no. where you're in a relationship and and things are good enough but could be better and you're like eh, kind of stay status quo on it i guess well i think the line is showing what a f- fake front that wonderland is because it's really saying that life is absolutely terrible but mm-hmm. never better and it's like well it looks good it's but it's actually good. not good when you experience right. it yeah so that's the chorus what about that next verse so we went on our way to in love to think straight i mean that's straight up that's fantasy land again to in love to think straight but it's saying it in a more literal sense and not using wonderland as this whole fake front. Well, that's that whole blinders thing I was talking about. When you're in love, that a lot of that stuff that normally would be your red flags and all your signs that this relationship is not going to work out, you do not see for, you know, days, weeks, months, you know, as, as ever long as the relationship goes on. And then all of a sudden you're like, why didn't I see this? Right. So, I mean, that, that just seems straight on to what we've been saying so far. It just fits right in. It does. And the next one, all alone or so it seemed. I find that a fascinating line because on the surface, it's obvious. It's like, well, of course, they're celebrities. Their relationship is never alone. It's never between the two of them. It's between them and the press and all of their fans. <laughs> and everyone mm-hmm. else's opinions. But it intrigues me because <laughs> everyone's opinions. I think you hit that dead on, Diane. That's an mm-hmm. interesting point. It's about their <laughs> opinions, not them observing. They have to judge you. But I think it's fascinating because it's not just celebrities. While celebrities have more people that care about the relationship, is any relationship ever alone? Are the two people involved ever the only interested parties in that relationship? No, they have friends. There's family. But but I think they're alone on their ideals of it. Like, let's say, for instance, somebody's in a relationship and your, your best friend is like, hey, this this person is not good for you. And you're like, no, they're great for me. And mm-hmm. then you have another friend that also is saying, uh, you, yeah, this is not going to be a good thing. And you you feel all alone with your feelings of that relationship. That's what oh. I think this is about. So that's a different meaning to what I was interpreting it as, Steve, and I'm fascinated right. by that right now. Right. Well, that's Steve, that's awesome. <laughs> but the, the, the reason... I have to disagree with you, though, Steve, is because the second part of the line, or so it seemed. Because your interpretation of the line is saying that Taylor and this male character felt alone because they were the only ones that saw it as a good relationship while everyone else is like, no, it's terrible. They were too in love to think straight. Funny, Diane. Um, But then it says, or so it seemed, which would have to mean somebody agrees with them based on your interpretation. That somebody agrees, you guys have a great relationship, and I don't think that person was there. Uh, no, I, I think I, it's I think actually it... both, uh, because um, if you keep reading, it says, but there were strangers watching, so there are people, like, physically present. But then it says, and um, whispers turned to talking, and talking turned turn to screams. So it seems like they are kind of saying, like, hey, guys, this isn't a good idea. Right. So it's kind of both in the sense that they're. Well, I I think the so it seems about being all alone is really you're not alone when you're dating someone or in a relationship. You know, you have people that may actually have your best interest in mind and you're not seeing that. That's what I think it is where, you know, you have a close friend and they're not trying to sabotage your relationship. They're trying to bring some reality to it. And you're not I try and sabotage people's be- relationships. Do oh my you? God, no, you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you're terrible. That would be a great song to write there, I'm sure. Sabotage. But but I Best think that's part of it. Is, and everybody sabotage. has comments on it, definitely, with saying about, you know. And, and maybe even those strangers are not strangers, but maybe are friends. But because of having that different, different scene of opinion, they're they seem like strangers instead of, you know, hey, your friend, you're supposed to be looking out for me. You're supposed to be saying this is a great thing. It's like, no. Like one of those who are you really moments. Right. Right. But then the other interpretation, though, Steve, is that strangers are, in fact, strangers, because as we know from Out of the Woods, which, you know, Taylor said refers to fans uh, sort of pushing their way into the relationship, it you know, it could very much be actual strangers talking about the general public right and and it depends on how you want to try to relate to this song i mean not everybody can relate to it from the standpoint of 
I'm a celebrity and everything that I do is scrutinized and, you know, everyone looks at, oh, they're, they must be dating this person because they're eating lunch with them and that kind of stuff. I mean, Steve, we can't all be as famous as you, buddy. I know. <laughs> but, but that's why I kind of see that separate interpretation of it's actually your friends. They seem distant because they do not have the same feelings about this relationship that you do. Well, I like that because you're showing an interpretation of how you can relate to the song, and that's one of Taylor's best writing qualities is being able to relate to her music. So I, I in a sense, we don't – whatever her intention when she was writing the line, it, it's also good that you're mentioning, I, I think at least. I, I like that you're pointing out how you're relating to it because mm-hmm. I didn't see it like that. Right. But I think it is important to look at look at it like that as well. Right. As a personal interpretation. So – I also like the progression of those three lines, the way it's like watching, talking, or watching, whispering, talking, screaming. Mm -hmm. I just think it's really interesting because, you know, I'm I'm trying to think of how it's more intense. Mm -hmm. That's what's nice about it is sometimes you have to have, you know, the music actually has to build up, kind of like how the very first verse and then builds up, you know, because at the very beginning, that very first verse is all like piano based and, you know, very quiet. And then all of a sudden when that pre uh, verse comes in with all the questions and the up and downs of the thing, I mean, there's all sorts of drums and all sorts of stuff going on. So the music does the build up. In this case, the lyrics actually do their own build up outside of any music that's put to them. Well, also in the actual situation, Steve, what I was thinking is it's one of those things because, you know, cr- critiquing or criticizing somebody else's relationship is always a sensitive area. Mm-hmm. It's not like you as a friend would want to jump in and be like, hey, Steve, that person you're dating is a real butthead. You should. <laughs> you were trying to find a G rated word, weren't you? I was trying to find a G rated word, yeah. <laughs> that person you're dating is a real butthead. A like, real, you should leave them right now. It's a toxic relationship and terrible for you. Right. So it, it's always like. Nobody ever wants to hear that. No one ever wants to hear that. It's always a sensitive area. And so the way it actually works in real life is you sort of tiptoe, like, oh, Steve, you've been dating so and so for a little while now. How, how's that going? Mm-hmm. And then. You like wait for it. You wait for it. And Steve comes to me one day and is like, oh, so-and-so just really pissed me off. Oh, really? You you sure they're the right person for you? And then, oh, my gosh, they're pissing me off every day of my life. Steve, I think it's time. Like, hey, Steve, Steve, time to leave. Mm-hmm. End it. You know what I mean? Well, it's the, that, the, that progression. Right. But this could also be with the whispers and that. It's just the gossip that goes on between people. You know, especially if they're very close to this relationship every single day, you know, like a a work romance or something like that, where all the coworkers have their comments and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it just keeps building up and building up. And then eventually it's, you know, becomes a big issue of sorts, Mm -hmm. either with the actual people involved in the relationship, finding out what everyone's saying about it or something like that. That's kind of what I think the screams may be. So it's a snowball effect again. Yes, exactly. The problem just becomes worse and worse. So last verse of the song is, is, uh, you know, I I do want to point out this song to me anyway, is very chronological. Takes you in order of events because now it's at the end where it's like, I reach for you, but you were gone. I knew I had to go back home. You search the world for something else to make you feel like what we had. And in the end, in Wonderland, we both went mad. Do you see where I'm going with that? Where it's like the end of the story. Yeah, yeah. But it's post breakup, and well, then it's like looking back and reflecting on it. The only thing that's kind of interesting to this is, as I was mentioning, the the other person in the relationship seemed to be the one that was clinging on and twisting and you know hanging in there and all that kind of stuff. Now all of a sudden, this is not the line I was thinking it would be. I almost thought it would be something like, "You reached for me, but I was gone." Something like um, that. And it's so almost like... Steve, yeah. um, I think I know why this is happening. Um, I read in a psychology book that um, uh, that um, a lot of times in a um, relationship you have the chaser and the person who is, um, is um, being chased. And the um, only way to uh, 
reverse that is if the person who is um, chasing stops. Because mm-hmm. um, then they're like, wait a second, how come you're not here anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, how come you don't want me anymore? It's um, kind of like that thing. It's like you um, only want what you can't have. So well, do, you th- do you think that's what this is then? Yeah, she's like, wait a second, you're not here anymore? No, I don't know about that. I think taking us out of the psychology textbook for a minute. Sorry, I just thought it would be. The last line it. answered it. <laughs> in the end, in Wonderland, we both went mad. They both ended up attached to that feeling they had in that fake world, so to speak. I think that answers your question better than the psychology book, Steve. No offense, Diane. That was a lovely explanation. <laughs> it's cool, though, right? I'm glad you gave I me a psychology lesson. Like, I, I, I really think it's appreciate that. I thought, no. But I, I, do, <laughs> I do think that line answers your question, Steve, of why, why it's like that. Because that la- very last line there in that verse uh, admits that they both went mad in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I would have to say so. But what about the line before that? Because I think that that puts some clarity to it, too. You searched the world for something else to make you feel like what we had. Right. That one? Well, that's showing that that's exactly it, Steve. That's showing kind of what they're both up to now that the relationship has ended. It's like Taylor's character is reaching for that same person. That person's trying to find someone else that fulfills the same feeling that Taylor's character filled was gonna fill Mm -hmm. and then it's like in the end we're both just crazy (laughs) (laughs) we're both nuts Mm -hmm. or to use her word mad they both have lots of baggage to carry around now Uh, yeah yes sir now this song being on the bonus track we, we talked briefly about why we don't think it's on the main album and i I, I want to, you know, it's one of those situations. I don't know if we've mentioned in a past episode, I feel like we have, that the three bonus tracks feel like they're part of the main album anyway because they come on the same CD. If you buy where, it at like, Target. Well, well that, if you buy the deluxe version, yeah. But that's mm-hmm. the only place you can buy it. That's the part that's kind of annoying about it right now, especially for, you know, a lot of our international listeners that they don't have Target. They, they can't get this. I mean, it's not on iTunes, right? It's on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, some covers are. Actually, a lot of that seems to have been taken down, too, other other than a couple of covers are still out there. Interesting. Yeah. Actually, this is a good time for your, for your plug there, Adam. What plug? For, for, our, for our friend uh, Callie. Oh, oh, we were going to plug her later. We can put that anyway. at the okay, end. Can we can plug her twice. <laughs> plug, plug her twice. But Callie Rohde, who we featured uh, in our What Are Swifties Listening To segment, uh, several episodes ago it was in one of the blank space episodes Mm -hmm. because we had like 20 blank space episodes because she kept coming out with new blank space material (laughs) Uh, but she does a phenomenal cover of wonderland like phenomenal it's amazing but we'll talk about that a little more in a sec Uh, but what i was getting at though is even though it's not on the main album we were talking about why to me it still feels like it because you just play it through and it just after clean this comes on yeah it just kind of fits it yeah it just kind of fits in and i think this album 1989 did a much better job than past albums of actually making songs still fit the main album as if it's part of it it's like an extended cut of a movie mm-hmm. where it's like still part of it but kind of not but anyway like not being on the main album who knows if it'll ever be released as a single i would bet against it but i've been wrong in the past and in the event it's not a single and doesn't get its own music video Let's put our little director's hats on and see if you guys have any clever ideas of how to make this a music video. Diane, you seem like you have a great idea. I don't, though. I do. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I actually, I don't know how clever it is, but if this were to be made to a music video, I would really like to see it very much like the Johnny Depp Alice in Wonderland. Is that the only Alice in Wonderland version you've seen? You haven't seen the cartoon Disney one? Yeah, I said that at the beginning of the episode. Because the cartoon one is so good. The oh. Good. Well, I think the Johnny Depp one is really good in terms of like visual elements and things like that, making everything really quirky and weird. And I think using that similar type of 
visual would really capture the frantic feeling in this song and the right emotions associated with this song. And I think you could tell a great story. Yeah, and I think uh, Tim Burton's version, not the, it's not Johnny Depp's version, he's just an actor. It's Johnny Depp's version. <laughs> um, is more haunting than the cartoon version. Like there's more of like a mysterious kind of evil um, element to it, which I think could be cool if... So, so it was in that if that tone was used in the music video. So Adam, are you saying that you would like Tim Burton to direct Taylor Swift's Wonderland if it ever became a music video? That would be phenomenal. That would like make my life. That would that would cool. that would instantly be my favorite Taylor Swift music video ever. Just because <laughs> his name is in the director's spot. No, because it'll end up being that good. I don't care what he does with it. It'll, <laughs> it'll be that good. I mean, Although maybe it might be it might be a close tie or something with Blank Space because that video is pretty good, good too. Yeah. It's a really good one. So, Steve, do you have any ideas or should we move on? Uh, I I really unfortunately on this one I, I kind of struggled to come up with anything that that would make for a good music video other than something based on kind of an Alice in Wonderland sort of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, one thing I did want to note though is um, a lot of people it was well, the Grammys. Um, was it two years ago where she did uh, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together? And that was kind of an Alice in Wonderland theme sort of thing. It wasn't straight up, but I mean. Was they that did the have... circus one? It's a circus. Oh, you're talking about with the animals and but the creatures? But if you look, and... I mean, like, the, there's the was white rabbit. Was there a rabbit. white rabbit in it? Yeah, there's yeah. a white rabbit in it. I think it, it was kind of based on that without going too far where all of a sudden they would have to get permission. But, I mean, if you look at almost everything from that particular Grammy performance, everyone refers to it as Alice in Wonderland. Hmm. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things that we had foreshadowing on a song like this for a while. May have been a a direct foreshadow of sorts that Taylor did on purpose, but it does seem... Or a coincidence, yeah. Or it could be that's what she was, was on her mind, and that's how she felt. Like, that's the visual that expressed the emotion she was feeling. and right. You know, we we don't know the timeline of, of when she wrote all of her songs. I mean, occasionally she'll say things, but for the most part, I mean, the, this song could have been written back in the Red Era. We don't know. Mm-hmm. As as far as I know, she hasn't really spoken much, if at all, about this song because no, it's a bonus. Yeah, didn't. And then there's also that whole uh, rumor of, you know, is it related to or the relationship with John Mayer? I know that... That's what I thought when I first heard the song, just based Does on the title. Does he have green title. eyes? No, because he has a song called, like, Your Body is a Wonderland, and they performed that together, I believe, on one of her Fearless tours. Was he a special guest? Something like that. I know they have um, performed it together, so I can kind of see that. But, I mean, it doesn't really matter who it's about. I mean, after yeah. going through all this, though, it really seems to be more based around Alice in Wonderland than a relationship with john or anything like that i would say perhaps i don't know now as as far as a music video though steve i think the reason that neither of us had any other ideas other than alice in wonderland is because those that's just the visual you get when you're listening to the song to begin with so there really is no other direction to go although some directors are far more creative than (laughs) no i don't (laughs) i mean she'll fall down um a rabbit hole and perform the whole song falling i don't know (laughs) Well, you never know. I mean, a lot of professional directors are far more creative than we are because Blank Space was just beyond anything I would have come up with. Yeah, we would have never come up with that. So that was really good. Now, just to wrap up our uh, Wonderland discussion here, Steve, if you had to rank Wonderland on a scale of 1 to 13, 13 being phenomenal, 1 being needs a lot of improvement, (laughs) uh, how would you rank it? Actually, if you've known, everyone that we've done a song analysis on so far, I've given a 13 out of 13. And this is the first one I think I'm going to have to go lower. What? No. Yeah. Shame on you. Yeah. I mean, my problems with it is is there's some similarities too much with, with Blank Space and Out of the Woods to really kind of recognize it as its own unique song if you will i mean there is some interesting but that's also why we discussed it being a bonus track or why we think it might be a bonus track right but that does how how can you say you know some of the other bonus tracks may be a 13 out of 13 this this particular one i i think one other piece of this that that is good is some of the repetition with the 
the Wonderland AAA kind of stuff, which it was funny because I actually found it on Slate.com. They were doing a review of the album. One of the things that they noted was it kind of sounded similar to what uh, Rihanna does in a lot of her songs. Oh, yeah. A, A, And, and even yeah. like Umbrella, which umbrella, Taylor Ella, covered A, A, yeah. <laughs> a long time ago there um, at the Apple Diane, Store. Diane, you sang. So, no, I didn't. That was awful. Well, it's okay. Steve. Keep okay. No, it's 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 good. Don't give me fake. Pain. So, Steve, then what would you rank it? I'll give it an eleven. Oh, I Diane? almost wanted to give it a twelve, but it just it's it's not one of my favorite tunes. I think I'm gonna give it an eleven too. Um, Shame on you guys. Just because with this song, I kind of forget about it sometimes. And then I hear it and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a good one. And then I forget about it again. Are you going to give it a 13 because it says about green eyes in it? And it's and you think that means it's it's about you? That yeah. doesn't mean it's about me when there's green eyes. <laughs> Anytime Taylor sings about green eyes, it's about me. There you go. You have well, a lot it doesn't of sound like a very you. good relationship. I don't know if you want this one. You're better off with it. Enchanted. Enchanted is about me. We know that one. <laughs> Taylor has even said it's about Adam. Well, it is about a man named Adam, but that's as far as it goes. Yes, I am Adam. <laughs> what, what do you give this one, Adam? Thirteen! I know it. Is that- I, I can't give it anything but because this is the first song on this album that really jumped at me. It's the it first took you one- that long? You listened Ooh. to the whole thing and <laughs> it's like track 14, really? Yeah. Yeah, so this was the first one where I was like, because my first listen through, it's always hard on the very first listen through of 1989 in particular because it's such a different sound from her in the past. You're busy trying to figure out, wait a second, what's going on? Do I like it? I can't tell if I, wait, I have to like it. It's Taylor, but wait, do I like it? It's such a struggle for new things. Um, And this was the first song that jumped at me, and I think part of that is all the Alice in Wonderland references because it had something in it that felt familiar to me. That's because you saw the Johnny Depp movie. I didn't see that. so that's. I did see the Johnny Depp movie. That's where I lost my two points right there because I didn't see his movie. Ah, well, the point I'm getting at, though, is it it is, you know, I absolutely love the entire album now. And sorry to spoil it with our future song analysis, but everything is getting a 13 from me just because. No, it's not. There's some songs. Everything is getting a 13 from me. You didn't give Welcome to New York a 13 if you go back to that episode. Do you have a chart, Steve, where you keep track of our numbers? Because <laughs> <laughs> you seem to be very familiar with it. <laughs> I, okay. I, I, I re-listen to our episodes. I remember them. I don't remember okay. what you did okay. give it. I think you gave it like an 11 or something. But. Well, either way, the point I'm getting at is it had something familiar to me in an album that was very, very different from anything she has ever done. Mm-hmm. That's the point I'm getting at. And that's why it's the first song that jumped at me. And because it's the first song that jumped out of me, it automatically gets a 13. So that's my opinion. Cool. It's a great song. So hope everybody enjoyed our discussion of Wonderland. Of course, if you have differing opinions or care to comment on ours, definitely reach out to us. Let us know. Our next segment in the show, you know your Swifty when slash if Swifties ruled the world. Steve, can you please give us our first one? Okay. The first one comes from Rachel via email. You know your Swifty when you type 1898 and you type 1989 instead. And have to type it three times because your hand automatically keeps typing 1989. <laughs> For some reason, I type uh, um, 1898 for some reason a lot. I'm just, just wondering, was there anything the important nines. that happened that year? <laughs> uh, Steve's about to find out for us. I'm sure there were a lot of things. It's history. I don't know. <laughs> Are you Googling it, Steve? I, I am. I'm kind of curious. Maybe Diane in the meantime. Next one. Okay. You know your Swifty when you are are the 378th view of blank space because or when you're on 378th view of blank space because every morning you wake up early to check Taylor Swift's Vivo waiting for a new music video. I think you read it right the first time, Diane. You are the 378th view. Oh. I see what she's saying there. That is, who who sent that in, by the way? Valeria via email. Okay, so she saw it first in the morning because she checked. Uh, Woke up first thing in the morning. That's dedication, checking it every single day. I am impressed. Next one is a voicemail from Zandy. Zandy, take it away, please. Hi, Taylor Talk. I'm Zandy, and I have a submission for your new segment, You Know Your Swifty One. You Know Your Swifty One, Shake It Off comes on on the 
at the mall and you start dancing your head off screaming out the lyrics but people look at you like you're crazy no shame at all love it did you guys see that um music video of that girl who um she recorded herself um to this song i think it was like in whole foods or something remember oh i know what you're talking about because didn't taylor herself tweet that yeah that's cool i liked it yeah, so, Zandy, to that point, then, video or it didn't happen. <laughs> if you're in the mall screaming, shake it off, and dancing, you got to take a video of it. Otherwise, I won't believe you. I'm just kidding. I'll believe you anyway. But I would like to see a video, because that'll be lots of fun. And I don't understand why people just don't join in with you. That would be great, too. Would Steve, yes. would what you do they call dance that, a flash dance thing or something? With a stranger that you didn't know? The flash mob, isn't it? Yeah. Flash mob. Yeah. But that's when it's choreographed. Oh. Uh. Well, well, no, but that would be cool, like, so people don't look at you like you're crazy, because you know what? It's a good song, and everybody should join it in. It is. It is. Steve, did you figure out what happened in 1898? There was all sorts of stuff. I, I, I can't pick and choose too much, but uh, Brooklyn merged with the rest of New York City that year, the first auto, in, or the first... Uh, Auto insurance policy. Steve, that must be it. <laughs> the auto no, insurance you, policy. you figured it out, dude. <laughs> it's the Brooklyn thing. Because if that happened in 1898, then 1989 is not just the year Taylor was born, but it's in, uh, what do they call it, an anagram? Is that where the Ooh. letters are jumbled? Yes. It's an anagram for 1898, which is a historic event in York New City York City history, history and Taylor it, it loves it, New York. Brooklyn merges with New York to form the city of New York, January 1st. 1898. So that is when New York City happened. <laughs> yes. Welcome to New York. New right Amsterdam. after that. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, Steve, what's the Steve, next, one, the next one, buddy? Yep. The next one comes from Rachel via text message. You know you're a Swifty when you make a 20-minute video about all your Taylor stuff and put it on your YouTube channel. Holy cow. I didn't know YouTube would let you make more than a 10-minute video. They didn't used to yeah, allow long videos, to. but you can now. I, I think certain people have the power to do that and if not maybe they made you know and cut it into two pieces or good for you rachel but but 20 minutes that's that's a lot of taylor stuff that's a long video yes okay this one comes from miles via email and they say you know you're swifty when you're parasailing and you start singing blank space 400 feet in the air parasailing is fun hey so so miles how many miles in the air were you oh my god I'm kidding. 400 feet isn't a mile. It's less than a mile. Well, yeah, but still, there's a part of a mile there. There's a, there's a little percentage there, a decimal point. Sorry. I was just trying to be funny, and it wasn't. No. It's zero I try sometimes. Point zero seven five miles. Thank you, mathematician Steve. Yes. All right. And of course, thank you to everybody who sent those in. Keep them coming for future episodes. You guys guys know there are a ton of ways you can contact us. Listed out at taylortalk.org slash contact. We would love to hear from you guys sending those in. One more thing before we go. We already spoiled it earlier in the episode, but what are Swifties listening to? This is one of the few times we have ever used the same artist twice. Because she's that good. She is seriously that good. If you guys remember what I said about her in the first uh, time we featured her is if you start listening to Callie Rohde now, you are going to be that person in five years that's like, I've been listening to Callie since the beginning. Kind of like those Taylor Swift fans now that are like, I've been listening to Taylor since 2006. So if you want to be that fan, definitely go start listening to her now. Uh, she's got a ton of original work, but this particular episode, we're going to tell you about Wonderland, which is a cover she did of Wonderland, the song we talked, and it's on YouTube, and we're going to put it up for you at taylortalk.org slash episode 167, and it is absolutely phenomenal, which I said earlier in the episode, but I say it again, phenomenal. Go <laughs> <We'll> watch it. <laughs> so definitely check that out and watch it. We'll have that up for you. And before we go, I do want to remind you yet again, if you're enjoying listening to these episodes, which I hope you are, go subscribe on iTunes. You can visit taylortalk.org slash iTunes. Hit that subscribe button. That way iTunes will pull every new episode for you as we release them. The episodes, of course, are always free. It'll never charge you or anything like that. You just get the new episodes as we go so you can keep up with us. It'll be a whole lot of fun. Doesn't mean you have to listen to it right then. You can wait a day if you want, but. 
not more than a day because then you'd make you know you'd miss out on fun stuff you'd make adam sad make adam sad nah. <laughs> like i said there are a variety of ways you can contact us it's been a long time since i've done this so let's see if i can do it all in one breath you can email us, podcast at taylortalk.org. You can tweet us, Facebook us, Taylor Connect us, or ask us a question on AskFM all to the username taylortalk13. You can leave a voicemail or text message to the number area code 240-31-SWIFT. If you're international and don't want those long distance rates, you can, of course, leave us a voicemail directly on our website, taylortalk.org. And kind of a new function, you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash taylortalk13, and you can actually leave a voicemail there as well. Whew. You breathed like six times. That was all one least. breath, Diane. I don't know what you're talking about. You paused and went, <gasps> I heard it. I didn't do that. I counted. I didn't do that. Yeah. I didn't. Mm. And then finally, <laughs> our newest social media account is Instagram. We started it not that long ago, but we've got a lot of cool original Taylor Swift Photoshop artwork up there and more to come. That is What's our user account on that? It's too new. I forgot. Wait, on which one? Taylor, Instagram. Taylor, Taylor Talk, Talk Taylor Podcast. Talk Podcast. It is Taylor Talk Podcast. Go follow us on Instagram for a ton of stuff you're not going to be able to find anywhere else. It's really cool. I promise. I swear. Pinky swear. Nobody pinky swore with me? No. Uh, I tried to oh. through the microphone, but I must knocked it off the stand. Oops. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, that is it for episode 167 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. Hope you had fun. Can't wait to talk with you all next week for episode 167. This has been Adam, Diane, and Steve. Saying have a great week, guys. We'll see you all for 168. Bye bye. Bye. See ya. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.